Your workout wearer needs a detergent as active as you are. Win Sports Detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from any laundry so it feels and smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, the code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. So I guess we can like kick it off. So this is going to be fun, Sarah, because we can actually see comments coming in via the software that's like, that's like piping everything to YouTube. Unfortunately, those aren't easily shared with you, but we can then highlight ones that we want to share to the broadcast. So they'll show up as comments on the YouTube feed uh, and we can talk about those as and if they come in. So right, it's kind so. of a nice little benefit of the live show. But speaking of live shows, welcome to the first live show. Hello. Thank you for having me as your debut guest. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the you know motivation for this is that we are all very uh, trapped, for lack of a better word. And I feel like there is this incredible hunger for content and also just like impulse to create content. So I think there's a lot of people who previously were not creating much who are now just like a lot of the self-consciousness is down. A lot of the anxiety is down. Everybody's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to start putting stuff out. That's a little bit of what led to this, but uh, wanted to, you know, just kind of have some conversations, check in with you because we haven't spoken yet since all of this has gone down. So how is life treating you in uh, self-isolation? It is good, although um, Jess and I have seen each other. We ran into each other right. with appropriate distance between each other down along Portland's waterfront. Yes, uh, we, we have a river that divides us. We did the air elbow bump, mm-hmm. the same we, thing that you did the other week, Tim, with Peter Bromka. So mm-hmm. we looked at each other, we motioned our elbows towards each other, but they, uh, our elbows did not touch. It's like yes. three, it's like two or three steps removed now. It's going to be like a wink to show you that I was going to do the elbow, which is actually not touching. <laughs> I do wonder, so I put this on Twitter today, Sarah, I would love your thoughts on this, your anthropological perspective, but I do wonder, like, will we ever go back to shaking hands ever again? I would be pleased if we just went back to shaking hands. I have never been a big hugger. Oh. So I'm just fine with letting the hug go by the wayside. And I've been think- wondering whether we would kind of take a couple steps back from hugging. Hmm. Interesting. So, so we think... force you to hug us every time you see us. And now we know the truth. <laughs> and it's even more awkward because of our height differential. So I'm like, oh, and She's like, yeah, tell me about it, guys. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I've, yeah. I've adopted this move now where it's like the, the Bruce Lee bow or like the Thai bow, which I think are very lovely traditions. And I think are much, I think they're much nicer than just like grabbing onto somebody's hand or like fake tackling them. My running partner, Molly told, decided about two weeks ago that she was going to start curtsying at people. And so (laughs) I said that I want to do the gender neutral bow. So Mm. Yeah. So are you like hands at your side bow like this or? Oh, um, no, I thought it more um, folding one 
arm in front of my waist and the other behind oh my, my waist. Like a butler. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, very much a butler. Very much a butler. Yeah. We just got a thumbs up for that one. So that oh, people good. approve. Right. So I'm like so attracted to all these features. I want to see if I can even see who thumbsed up. No, I can't oh. see it, but it doesn't matter. We appreciate, appreciate it. the thumbs up. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then next time I see you, I'm gonna bow at you. We'll see how awkward it feels. <laughs> So another thing we're kind of thinking is in addition to everybody wanting to create more content and wanting to consume more content, uh, on the consumption side, lots of attention on shows. Would love to hear us open the show with what you're what you're watching these days. All right. Well, like most of America, I just finished Tiger King on Netflix, the seven part docuseries. And I know, I know you're shaking your head in consternation there, Tim. I have and a little bit of a preview here because Sarah and I were playing with the audio and setting things up and she started talking about this and I'm going to let you finish and then I will come in. We're only one episode in and Tim, oh my, we don't okay, know yeah. if and we're there, there will be no spoilers. Oh my goodness. I have never spoken back so much to the television <laughs> as I did in the first two episodes in particular. The third one, yes. Then I kind of petered out a little bit, but as my husband said, because I had been the one who suggested it, one of our contributors, Adrian Martini, recommended it to me. And she, so I told my husband, Jack, that we should watch it. And he turned to me at one point, he goes, this is so your thing. He's like, um, what did he say? He said, look, there's a car crash there and a dumpster fire over there. And So many dumpster fires. Oh my gosh. The whole <laughs> yes. show is just- Sometimes warm. literal almost dumpster fires um, that have alligators in them. So um, yeah, it is. And then I'm doing a full immersion. I'm doing, you know how a lot of people now are taking this time to maybe- I don't know, watch videos and learn how to crochet or plan their entire garden, that sort of thing. Well, I'm doing an immersion class in the Tiger King my, of my own making, <laughs> listening to not one, but two podcasts about all these crazy characters. Sarah, one is called, yes? How? You, you're losing respect in me. I, I can just tell. don't I can understand. See it. I this can is see like it. such, I, like these characters are so, in, just in my opinion, they're so loathsome. I mean, both sides. Loathsome's an excellent word. To just them. deep dive on that into like two podcasts and like behind the scenes, like just sounds so intense. Well, particularly because the one of the podcasts is from Wondery. It's called Joe Exotic. And Wondery, I think, has a I think that they hold their bar pretty high on podcast content. So it reveals a lot of details that the documentary leaves out. And then the other one is called Cat People, and that's only four episodes, and they're maybe 20 to 30 minutes. So you can, you know, a, a dog walk or two, and boom, you're halfway done with that's it. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. But isn't uh, there, like, I don't know, does does this, any of this kind of content, like, bring you down? That's funny you say that. We watched the, Jack, my husband, and I binged on the first three episodes, and then I said, oh, we've got to stop now. Not just from a time standpoint, but a, you know, kind of emotional vortex that I was <laughs> yes. being sucked down into. And then we parceled it. There's seven episodes, so three, two, and two. So, so running like you're doing episode intervals. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Approve, stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, my 18-year-old daughter and I are watching the DVDs. We're throwing it way back. The DVDs of my so-called life. Mm. which, um, you know, with Claire Danes is when she was 15 oh. and Jer Jared Leto <laughs> um, when he was 21. Um, so, and the two of them paired up, which just seems so wrong now. Um, and it's just wonderful. It's so, I don't know. Anyway. What am great. I missing that's so wrong about that? 
Are they just well, like that? The, the actors for that she's fifteen and he's twenty-one. So oh, they're supposed to, they're supposed to both be sophomores in high school. He mm, got held mm. back. So at least they're acknowledging that his character is supposed to be seventeen. She's fifteen. Okay. But yeah, it's just a little creepy as an adult to be watch, be thinking, oh, Claire Danes is fifteen and he's twenty-one. No, 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 no! Don't do that! Don't do that! You know. <laughs> but they're acting. They. <laughs> Look at you. Nice job, Jess. (laughs) You show tunes gal, but they're acting. (laughs) Well, because you are, you love the theater. You love Mm -hmm. the performing arts. You have a family in the performing arts. So like, what if your son was in a performance and had to, you know, I don't know. Well, he did have to, he did have to kiss a boy in a, um, he played John, my son, who's 14 now as a seventh grader. He was one of three Juliets. They went to a, um, um, school for the arts uh public school here in portland and so they had the um the cast was three characters for each of the main romeo and juliet characters so there were three rome should i keep talking about this is this interesting there were three romeos and three juliets and of each of those one was a boy one was a girl and one was a non-binary student Mm, wow and so so then they had two kissing scenes and beforehand i was like huh how are they going to do that because they don't want to be gender conforming by having the boy kiss the girl and that sort of thing so they had um they went like this you know boy girl non-binary and so but he did a show kiss with his hand over yeah well they were in junior high right i i remember my first like i'm going to kiss somebody on stage i was in junior high i was very nerve-wracking so (laughs) i can understand yeah okay good i bet you didn't envision going there in this conversation no but that's why i love our conversations they really take on life of their own quite quickly um so let's talk about one of the things that you're experiencing that we are not which is your kids are at home and I'm assuming normally you work from home by yourself, but now the whole family's home. So how are you dealing with that? It's funny because, you know, seeing on Twitter and on the Another Mother Runner Facebook page, so many people are commenting about how strange it is to work from home and how strange the situation is. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much just like summer vacation here for us that I realize what a solitary life I lead pretty Mm. much from you know, I mean, okay, so I'm not driving my son to school or something, but yes. So I typically work from home. My husband is a real estate agent. So he oftentimes is at home. So it's not unusual to have both of us home, but then I have my three kids, my 18 year old daughter and my 14 year old boy, girl twins. And this is technically still spring break here in Portland. So there is no virtual learning going on of any sort. So you know, they sleep late. Uh, there's a lot of robot Roblox being played at a computer that's pretty close to my work computer. So that's a little distracting, but it's kind of fun. Like the, the kids, do, do you all know what Roblox is? I have no idea. Okay. So Roblox is where you build, the user builds um, kind of imaginary scenarios or scenarios of their own making. So it could be an amazing house or they were building a yacht the other day and can, um, then you can kind of fly over it and see it in all these different views. So it's, you know, I think there's some some value, some educational value to it. And so, but then the part of the fun is having your friend be sort of existing in the same world. So they oftentimes you can hear their friends and one of them just really likes to sing. And so this girl starts singing a song that I only listen to on one of my running playlists. It's by T.I. It's um Live Your Life. Um, so live uh, your life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. In, the, in the beginning, but the whole, you know, 
Oh, the I got to play. We got to I got to call it up because it has it just was so funny. And we just started laughing so hard. This girl just for no reason. And it's from 2008. She's 15. So this song came out when it was. Um, when she was uh, three. Yes, exactly. OK, so. Oh, don't play more than seven seconds. I think it will ta- yeah. get taken off of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so but, but so she started doing that almost like rap yodeling. <laughs> This is like, okay. So it can be very fun. Um, I can tell that our dog is tired of having everybody around. Uh, Isn't this like a dream come true for every dog that like never wants their owners to leave? Well, so for, he likes having me all to himself. Oh. Yeah. Are there yeah. like, and I, I was just going to ask if there's friends coming over, but obviously not because that, but that, it, would, that would be a normal originally, part. There, yeah. there were originally. And my son hadn't probably ridden a bike in eight years maybe longer and so we literally dusted off my husband's bike and he now was just rides it all around town and goes down and you know like you know the beautiful um cherry blossoms that are blooming along the willamette river in downtown portland he he and his friend this was about a week ago went down and enjoyed those and just so you know he's getting out there he was isn't there Um, this like nice uh, return to analog and return to like a little bit more of a simpler time. Like Jess and I were talking on the podcast, which will air this Friday about, you know, we'll try to take walks now, maintaining appropriate distance from everybody, but we're still seeing the same people a lot. And we Mm -hmm. have this like weird phenomenon where we will now bump into and see and visit with our neighbors Mm because one, we're not traveling all the time. They're not traveling all the time. And we're just like, you're just kind of like seeing them on the run or I'm sorry, on the walk. So I kind of felt like that was more typical in an earlier era. Simpler times. Yes. Yes. And for us, the big difference is that there's all five of us at home for dinner because they're not out with their friends. My older daughter isn't babysitting. So, so my older daughter, as I mentioned, is 18. So she's uh, in her senior year of high school. And about a month ago when all five of us were at dinner, I, mentally stepped back and thought, oh, I really have to savor meals like this where all five of us are together. There'll be so few of these left in our lives. (laughs) Joke's on me. (laughs) So so now it's every every night. And so I try to appreciate that and, um, you know, kind of luxuriate in that a bit. So it is fine, though. There's not as much to talk about because people haven't been doing things. So there's no like, oh, how was dance rehearsal today or golf practice, you know? I didn't think so, about that. So you need conversation topics for dinner. That's like maybe, a, I don't know, an You need to put a, a call out to the AMR Facebook group. What are you talking right. about? What do you talk to your kids about? <laughs> um, so... So um, my, we have tasked my husband with uh, bringing a daily meme, bringing a meme that'll make all of us laugh. So um, because Pressure. he's much, much more, oh, no, um, it gives him something. He's very much on social media, which I am not. So it gives him purpose. Let's say that. OK. Yeah. All right. I added a question earlier when you were talking and I didn't realize for still playing with the functionality. So Caitlin wants to know, have you tried to organize any family runs? Oh, no, but my 14-year-old daughter, who had joined the golf team at her high school, despite never having having never touched a club in her life, (laughs) ever, she joined the golf team and she was loving it. And she was really kind of devoted to P.E., 
Um, they have a very, very rigorous PE class at Grant High School here in Portland. And so she has been going on walks by herself. We did take one walk together, but then she also runs back and forth on a um, path in our side yard, which is maybe all of, I don't know, 60 feet long, maybe. Um, and then, um, so the other morning I was doing strength exercises on our back porch after getting back from a run and I had my back toward her because she told me not to look at her while she was running. Mm. So she was running back and forth while, you know, I was doing side plank or something like that. Clamshells. Yeah. Um, so no, and our older daughter, um, she walks a lot, but she doesn't know. So, and my husband's not a runner and our dog's not a runner. I can come up with more excuses as to why I'm not running with my family. The main one is, is that I like to get the heck out of the house and be by myself well, that's or be the with thing. my best running friend. We yeah. know like a couple of other people where they're like running more now than normal. And mm -hmm. that's because the need, they have their kids at home, their, their partner at home. Uh, the run is now become more sacred than ever. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And yeah, I mean, I hear people who just have kind of scrapped their training I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I am that much more devoted to my training. Right. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So everybody's finding new ways to get active. It's interesting you talked about how your daughter didn't want people to look at her while they were running. Because there. So we've been talking about, like, there's a lot of people who are starting to be active in new ways, like running because their gyms are closed or their studios are closed. And a lot of pe people in our communities have been getting reached out to by those new runners saying like how do you prevent boredom like how do you do a lot of these things that like you know now we're all used to but it's it's interesting to and a lot of a lot of them have expressed some level of self-consciousness with kind of like exercising in public i don't know if they're just like i would go to the gym and do the elliptical and be in my i would put my headphones in and just like be in my world yes people could see me but i wasn't like as on display i'm, I'm kind of sure or your bum is uh, pointing toward a wall or you know if it's mm. five feet behind you something like that yeah no my 14 year old daughter she had been running before all this and she would wait until it got dark which kind of hurt my heart because she's a, a, a beautiful child and um so but she would sometimes want to be running she would ask me what time dinner was and it wasn't quite dark because you know our days are getting longer and so sometimes even then this was you know in early march she would run back and forth in the yard to kind of warm up before she went out and ran in the neighborhood once it got dark enough or she deemed dark enough really and it's just like some level of self-consciousness or anxiety yeah, I think it's particularly because she goes to our neighborhood school. So I think she didn't want her um, classmates seeing her. Do you feel so. like you would have been like that? Probably. Probably. Hmm. I could see that for sure. I mean, I was yeah. not physically active until I was but an adult. But that would probably so. make you even more self, like trying to do something for the first time. I'm very interested in this, like all of the totally understandable and totally legitimate emotional barriers that people place on becoming a runner, trying running, starting running, all of it. Like there's just, there's so much baggage to keep one from even getting, even getting out the door. Mm -hmm. There sure is. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been running, you know, I don't, I can't even count how many decades and I still sometimes really enjoy running under the cover of darkness, hmm. you know, that, that I don't know. I just don't want people to, I just don't want people to see me. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's something, there's something also kind of, um, supportive and cloak-like almost about running in the darkness does running like in the cold light of day like make either of you feel more vulnerable and this could be a female thing it could not be but is that like is there like a vulnerable feeling mm. that comes with it 
I'm five foot eleven and um, an optimist, so I um, really I don't feel unsafe when I run. And maybe that's not naive. So much, not even so much from a safety, but you could feel vulnerable in a way that doesn't mean you're in danger. Like you're kind mm. of like your identity, or just like are people looking at me? Like, is there any level of that kind of feeling vulnerable? I well, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead, Jess. I was going to say when I feel uncomfortable is so I have some booty shorts and mm-hmm. if I'm wearing that like if I ever traveled to New York and Manhattan where like there'd be a lot of people on the street I would try not to bring those shorts because you just know you're going to draw more attention and that relates I feel like to the story runners world ran maybe like a year or two ago about women getting harassed on the run so it's more from a safety and maybe like what I would choose to wear to draw attention to myself or not yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I guess I'm a little more, you know, the older I get, the more jiggle I have. So I guess having people see that my different parts jiggle is, um, that doesn't please me a ton. Yeah. So, yeah, no. And also, um, you know, I swim a lot, uh, not right now. I like to swim outdoors, so I can't be out there yet. But, um, you know, when you see someone in a pool and you think, oh my gosh, they're going really slowly. And then you get in the pool and you realize you're swimming the exact same pace they are. And it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, I sort of think like, oh, I'm really pushing it here out on the road. Yeah, I'm doing tempo, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then, then you know, it's I guess it could be a split screen of what you see, what you look like in your mind when you run, and then versus what everybody sees when you run. And like, the, the you pool, know. like the pool meme for that, could you could have a lot of fun with making that video of how you actually look. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. We've got some like some comments coming in here. Stephanie Seller says she feels like running in the semi dark or dark makes you extra badass. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> I kind well, of agree. You, I feel like I kind of feel like it's pretty hardcore. Like I don't run in the dark. So. Oh, you don't. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I guess well, in if the mornings I'm, we do in the morning, that's true, I guess. But I'm not like waiting for the darkness to set in in order so yes. that I can go on the run. Yes. Okay. Yes. We have a quick hello from Run Strong Run. Some of my favorite people, Bibri Fam and another mother runner. So hello. Oh, that's fine. Joining us. Hello. Thanks for Very watching. Nice. Um, and then from Team Bibrave, Julia wants to know where do you swim outside in Portland? Outdoor swimming is the best. And I know you have a regular place you go to, right? There is, yes, and it is across the border. It is across the Columbia River in Vancouver, Washington. It is Kleinline Pond, and it used to be, it's in a, um, it's in Salmon Creek uh, State Parks. I don't know. Yeah, it's a state park, yeah. And um, so it used to be a quarry, so it's quite deep, and it gets deep quickly, which I love. I love deep water. So, um, and it's a beautiful color green. It's my happy place. Just why the deep, why does the depth matter one way or the other? Well, then any um, plants that are growing up are way far away from you. I mean, it gets to be 19, 20, 21 feet very quickly. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't like touching uh, organic material. Um, so, you know, brushing up against kind of algae or are you laughing at me saying no, organic material? I, well, I she think that's a very polyester. fancy way. Because <laughs> I agree. I do not like, uh, well, I'm going to use that now too. I do not like brushing up, up against organic material. Well, and Jessica got totally scarred because the first triathlon we ever did was in a lake during a peak ex- seaweed season. It was like oh. an extended hot spell. So the oh. seaweed oh. was extra, extra. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it was like horror movie thick it wasn't like oh i got tickled a little bit like you were going through huge gobs of seaweed it was absolutely disgusting one of our girlfriends had like a wetsuit that zipped up in the front 
I guess, do they all zip up in the front? I don't even know. Some zip no, up in the back, in the back yeah. right? Yeah. Both so she had a front yeah. zip, and when she unzipped, she literally was like pulling. No, it was so. Out. It was like absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Julia agrees with us, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. so does Kimberly. Yeah. Hate fuzzy things. <laughs> yeah. So and um, there's a bunch of mother runners up in Vancouver, the Vancouver, Washington area, who are trying to convince me to do a swim run this summer up. Um, I think it's on Orcas Island, mm. maybe. Pretty. And um, they know of kind of a secret pond that's a little further up into Washington State that I hope to get to this summer. Cool. Since this episode debuts on a Tuesday, it's TMI True Confessions time. If I don't wash my workout wear right, it stinks. Thankfully, I found a detergent that eliminates the sporty stank. Wind Sport detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear, so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to win is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It is cruel irony that the very properties which allow synthetic fabrics to wick moisture away also cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consumes these oils, they create gases which give synthetics that telltale, um, sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in win separate oils from synthetics. These oil-removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing the oils, Wynn makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, Wynn makes your apparel wick better and last longer. And it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. I now wash all our towels, so many towels, in Wynn. Get this, a 1.5 ounce sample of Wynn is included in every order from our Mother Runner store and Train Like a Mother Club swag packages. And you can save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. We have a next question um, mm-hmm. from a listener who joined late, and we haven't addressed this yet. So how are we dealing with the canceled and postponed races? Thank so, you, Michael Goff. Yeah, why don't you oh. kick that off for us? Yes. Um, Michael Goff is a father runner. Hello, Michael. Yeah, nice. So, yes. So, uh, and I know that Michael is training for Boston, his first Boston. So that um, is, I mean, we have, so with another mother runner, we have, um, you know, we offer support for that, but also we have our train like a mother club. And so we launched, we are, um, we have maintenance programs that we were given out for free for people who are in our train like a mother club. We offer advice on how to kind of pause your training because, you know, the hope is, I mean, say for Boston, for instance, you all know it is going to hopefully be in September. And so, you know, you don't want to backslide to having your long run on the weekend be three miles because you got to get back up there eventually for September. So, yes. So and then virtual races. We I um, I've decided I'm psychic because in early January for our this month is our 10 year anniversary of another mother runner. So I suggested that we do a 10K virtual run to celebrate and so that's happening this weekend so we had all that in place and we're you know cranking it up before everybody wanted to do virtual races and then we're kicking off a virtual race series um that starts um that opens on march 30th called love the run you're with um yeah so i mean i think i think virtual races or i mean like we said earlier i just love training so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I guess yes, like, to dive into that a little bit more, how are you like personally dealing with like Did your you signed have up? Any? Your, yeah, mm -hmm. the uncertainty you're signed up for Missoula Marathon. We've talked about that, which is very cool. But it's now like, like for me, training for a race that may or may not take place is really stressful and oh. training mm -hmm. it's in and of itself is also especially if i'm like i don't know if you're like goal racing or if that matters one way or the other but just to kind of dive into michael's question a little bit more like personally how are you kind of dealing with that or even yeah, so, what you're hearing from others yeah so again i'm an optimist um to my very core so missoula marathon june 28th there's a hope that it could still go on yes yes um so I also just am really enjoying my training cycle. And so with everything, every aspect of, of my life these days, I'm taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And whether that means only worrying about what I'm going to make for dinner tonight, not worrying about what I'm going to make for dinner on Saturday or something like that, to this, I just focus on today's negative split workout. And, you know, tomorrow I'm, Jess and I are running socially appropriate distance apart and we're going to the track. That's right. So sure you keep uh, a, a llama in between you guys. That's the, I'll bring that's one. The measurement. <laughs> okay, very good. Is that, is that like one day at a time mentality different from your normal day to day? Like Sarah in November, 2019, is that how she's looking at things and thinking about things? Yes. I've always been a chunk it up kind of gal. So for sort of a different reason in that sometimes when you look at a training plan, you're in week three and your eye skips ahead to week eight, 12, whatever it is. And you're like, well, there's no way I can do that workout. Well, you know, in week three, we're not asking you to do that workout. Yeah. So eventually you'll get there. So, um, so I'm always, I don't lift my head very high. I like to think. Um, and I just, I also have always been, always, um, been the person who loves training more than the race itself. Um, I sometimes would like to just do training and not do races. So, um, that's this is of, kind of that's an of ideal begs, scenario. That sort of begs the question then, why do you, why do you even race? I rarely ever do race. Mm. Um, so, um, because occasionally I like to throw down the gauntlet and see where I am. That's cool. Um, I had also, I had also forgotten how incredibly enjoyable a race can be, which sounds idiotic. Um, but we had one of our mother runner retreats on Hilton Head Island, the end of February and on March 1st as part of that we did a women's race on the beach of Hilton Head Island which is incredibly wide and flat and packed at low tide and I just crushed that thing yeah. and I just I was riding on a, on a high the entire day um, awesome. and it was very unexpected so love yeah. that well yeah. I had a bunch of spring races on my calendar I know you did all yeah. of which were canceled but so I was going to run Boston for fun. And I put that in quotes because I know it's still a hard course. You still have to do the distance, but I wasn't going to try to set a specific goal. Um, and then I was also signed up to do Big Sur the week after with some girlfriends, some of which who had recently had babies. So we were going to all run it together and just take our time and enjoy the scenery. And because I was building up my mileage, I was planning to race a half marathon for a PR in early April in Corvallis. And mm -hmm. I've been training hard. I've been having good workouts. But it was surprisingly easy for me to be like, I'm just going to stop training. I don't mm. like I I get anxiety for speed workouts, which we recently mm. talked about in the podcast. So and so there anxiety. was something that was so kind of nice anxiety. to just be like, I don't have to do speed workouts anymore. And I don't have to have the stress of what if I don't hit my goal on race day and kind of maybe it was almost like procrastinator of me to be happy that I don't have to deal with that. And I'm going to do it one day but it's not going to be right now. Um, mm -hmm. 
I do think if I had gotten to like a 20 mile workout of my marathon and had the race not happened, I would have been feeling a little different about it. Yeah, I guess. So it's easy for me to say that, you know, so I'm following a 20 week heart rate training program. And so I'm only in week, I think this is week seven, maybe it's week eight. And so, you know, and I'm running by time. So my longest run has been an hour 40. So that's, you know, not all that much longer than I might do on a regular weekend anyway. So, yeah. So if I, I, I know, you know, Michael Goff, who asked that question has done, you know, at least one 20 miler, if not more. So that's kind of different to have those type of miles in the bank. Yes. Yeah. But I do try to tell myself, and something I've learned over the years is that, like, let's say I had an awesome training for a PR and my race totally was a, not a failure, but I I was off of my goal. Didn't go the way you planned. There there we go. I don't think of my training as a failure because I know when I try to do that again, my body will remember that fitness and that fitness builds upon itself. So that's what I try to tell myself in those moments and similarly for anybody who had been 70 or 80 percent or 90 percent of the way through a training cycle I think that's the thing to know is like even if you're going to dial back into maintenance mode when you do it again it will you will have that increased fitness and there will be a benefit there oh most certainly yeah yeah and also I mean you gain so many you know so many benefits from doing it you know that that, you know, maybe look a little more trim in your jeans or, you know, I don't know, you know, you had some bragging rights along the way. So, yeah, yeah. Um, So. Well, any other like self-isolating news to report? Are you guys, uh, you talked about taking a deep dive on Tiger King, which sounds just (laughs) terrible. One thing that we've bumped into and we're seeing reported from a lot of other places is an increased amount of baking and pastries and like, is Except the junk, for my f- junk food level change in your household? Well, my fear is I'm going to run out of flour. So I definitely stocked up on sugar when all of this started. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm worried. So I, I bake a lot anyway. Mm. So no more so than usual tomorrow. Well, maybe I shouldn't share. I don't know if she'll hear this. But tomorrow is my um, best running friend's birthday. So I'm making my signature cupcakes. And I'm going to drop one off at her house along with a a card and when my when my son heard that he said i'm gonna lick it so she can't eat it <laughs> possessive child <laughs> he um, really because he really is looking forward to the cupcakes so. okay are these cupcakes getting made tonight or tomorrow to- after i'm gonna see you oh yeah sorry tomorrow after because <laughs> i gotta be fresh <laughs> it's an acceptable that's we don't need any more pastries that's probably yeah. the best answer but <laughs> yeah yeah um i will say one bonus to all of this is that because the um, multnomah county library here closed and you get to keep your books i had just a cache of books that um i should back up the the multnomah county library is has a very avid user base so when a new book a popular book comes out there's a really long waiting oh, yes. list for sure and i had just snagged several of them including the day before they unexpectedly closed let's hear the titles think, we gotta hear the titles yeah, so um well uncanny valley by anna weiner the memoir about silicon valley hmm. um oh i heard time. that yeah yeah um i got american dirt by janine forgetting Janine's last name. It's the one that's very controversial because um, it's about immigrants, Mexican immigrants, and she herself is not Mexican or an immigrant, I believe. Um, And so the American Dirt was a um, lucky day book, which means I could only have had it for three weeks. And the other two have 
enormous waiting lists. So, but I have, um, I, I don't, I rarely, I don't listen to nearly as much news as I typically do. So hmm. I am listening to audiobooks because thankfully the Multnomah County library has a lot of those. So I have been enjoying the heck the heck out of Calypso by David Sedaris. Oh, and I, that's a great li- like audio listen to. Oh yeah. And you know, and he reads it and I was an early adopter of David Sedaris. So, and I loved his early work, just genius. And I had not enjoyed men. I'd kind of given up a little bit, sort of the same way I used to adore Stephen King and gave up on Stephen King for the most part. And so, um, so, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give Calypso a try. It is just, Oh, just classic David Sedaris. It is so enjoyable, literally laugh out loud, makes me so happy. And yet it also has, you know, he really has keen powers of observation about um, family dynamics mm-hmm. and about life. And it's, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Nice. So you're consuming all these on the Libby app, I assume? I on The Libby app is so awesome. It's Did just, you use it's, the library before that? Because it's a fairly new app, like maybe maybe two years old. It, so I yes I used it before um, Multnomah County Library uh, used OverDrive and mm-hmm. that was clunky AF. It was horrible. Uh huh. <laughs> so um, and completely counterintuitive. And Libby is so easy to use. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, it's just lovely. People, so I, like runners out there, if you're li- like first of all, I listen to audiobooks on Libby constantly. Almost I'm kind of like going more towards that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. than podcasts lately, but now I'm kind of like going back towards podcasts because of all of the, I'm listening to more news now than normal. So that's that's interesting that you're stepping away. Uh, But the Overcast app is how I listen to podcasts. Are you, what do you use for podcasts? I I just use on the podcast app on my iPhone, which are. Check out Overcast. So there's like a couple of features that are quite helpful. One, you can amplify the volume. So sometimes different books and different podcasters don't like the the volume is just like, even if you turn it up all the way, it's not enough. There's oh. like another step that overcast, uh, allows. it goes to 11. Uh-huh. Goes to <laughs> yeah, 11. Exactly. <laughs> you can also share from specific moments in a podcast. <gasps> so that's really cool. So I can text you a like two minute clip from a podcast that I really oh. liked. We used to be on the Acast platform and you could do that for a while. So that was useful as a podcaster to be able to share, say, ads or something, you know, to show them when the ad yeah, ran. Yeah, exactly. But, that's, exactly. but I, oh my gosh, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should give it a try. Yeah, our producer, our podcast producer, you know, has some scorn for me for listening to podcasts on just the podcast app. He's right. He's a, right. Alex knows he's, what he's talking about. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. So he's an Android user. So, um, you know, he has general iPhone scorn as it is. Yes. I think I think Overcast is really superior. Uh, highly recommend. I think it's paid, but I don't think it's expensive. Mm. Maybe a couple bucks. Maybe it's free mm, too. Yeah. But I just feel like you have a lot more control. And when you're even when you're just downloading, I feel mm. like it, it downloads podcasts a lot faster. Oh yeah, because I would say the podcast app on the iPhone is pretty bogus. About you hit subscribe, and yet you still have to go and kind of pull it down to make it download. I'm like, hey, hey, hey! No. I said it, so you're supposed to auto download. Like, do your job. No, it's yeah. it's crappy. I think it's objectively crappy. So worth <laughs> worth checking out Overcast. So and going back to Libby, I mean, I have in my on my shelf, I have Moby Dick because I am um, classic despite. Yes, despite oh, I love classics on audiobooks. Oh my goodness, Jane Eyre is a just new insight when you um, listen to it. Um, and so, yes, as an English major, it's embarrassing that I've never read Moby Dick. 
So, mm-hmm. um, and it's my husband's favorite novel. So, and well, let me see what else I have on my um, Libby. If do, do people care? Um, yes. I also, uh, you know, library tap into Canopy. That's Canopy with a K mm-hmm. because you can get um, a lot of free kind of artsy movies streaming on Canopy. Yes. So, well, we have a documentary club on Team Bibrave, and so mm-hmm. we. Part of the selecting, so one person selects and they choose next month who's going to select the documentary. And part of it is making sure that people have access to it. So we did do Canopy once for one of the documentaries. Mm-hmm. It was great. And the rest oh. have been Netflix. But. That's right. I think we had dinner one night when you guys had had um, uh, the club the next night. And you're like, oh, we got to go home. We got to watch the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been striking out so far. So uh, I shouldn't say that entirely, but there's been some misses. So if you have any recommendations oh. for documentaries. Oh, oh and our yeah. next oh. one we're going to talk about tomorrow. So Tim and I have to watch this Oh, yeah. Today. Yes, see. The see. Biggest Little Farm. Have you watched oh. this? That's not about the people outside of Portland, is it? Um, I. It doesn't look to be. It looks, oh. yeah, there's like a little cute pig in the in the teaser image. So I don't think it's about oh, strange okay. Oregonians. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so I have on my Libby shelf, I have People Who Eat Darkness by Richard Lloyd Perry. And that's about, um, it's a true crime um, set in Japan. Um, and that was, you know where I got the recommendation for that? I'm sure you're dying to know. Is Entertainment Weekly asked um, Chrissy Teigen. Oh. That's her name, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Legend's wife. Mm-hmm. Um uh, who is a person in her own right without being uh, defining her by who she's married to. Uh, um, outstanding backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> also Send a that person. clip to your friend. Send that clip to your friend. <laughs> also a person. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they asked her what she was reading or what like um, what was on her shelf. And so that was her suggestion. So, you know. She's a um, runner too, right? I don't know that. She's a mother. She's got two kids. Um, I don't know. I'd have to find that out because she should obviously be on the Another Mother Runner podcast. I mean, runner, come on. Obviously. Yeah, now course. that we've ast- acknowledged her full human status, she's <laughs> more than welcome. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then keeping with the David Sedaris thing, I have Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls in the hopes that that's a good one. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, the docu- um, that's the documentary, like a film? No, that's um, the Libby. That's an audio book. Got it, got it. And yeah, and then I have other ones in my queue, but those are the ones that I took out so far. Okay, well, yeah. I'm going to share now too. Some of these are going to be yeah. a little embarrassing. I'm on a little bit of a, I say trashy adventure adventure fiction kick. Trashy mm-hmm. only in so much as it's like treasure hunting stupid. It's not like smutty. It's just, <laughs> it's a different trashy. <laughs> not slutty Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> so one I'm reading right now, which is outstanding, and I've read this author before, and and I love you using the verb read, by the way. this is, So there's two things here. I do read all my books oh. via Kindle, but I check them out of the oh. library. Oh, okay. So I am actually, Libby is great for if yeah. you have oh, a Kindle. Okay. And there's a little hack that if you download it to your Kindle oh. and then put you it don't... in airplane mode, it just stays there. Tim, not only did you tell me that the last time we had lunch, but I have since said, oh, Tim from Bibrave told me to do this. Tim from Bibrave (laughs) taught me how to take advantage of our county library. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, There's this book that I'm reading right now, which is awesome, called uh, it's called River of Doubt by Candace Millard. I've read her before. She's a very she's a very gifted historian who tells almost like narrative nonfiction. And Mm -hmm. it is about 
Teddy Roosevelt, after his failed third presidential bid, was like mm. adventure seeking and went down to South America into Brazil. And it was like still super, super rugged and wild down there. And mm-hmm. his like whole adventure and he got in way over his head. So I've read her stuff before and I don't actually, there's a lot fewer female historians and she's she's oh. one of my favorites. So that's uh, highly recommend. I read one from her about Winston Churchill and the Boer War. Oh, Most wow. people don't know what that is. I didn't either. And she tells a really, wow. she tells a great story. Oh, please. If you watch enough period drama, you will hear all about the Boer War. I believe the Boer War was going on during uh, when the Foresight Saga is set. And so, I the I mean, Foresight seriously. Saga. I, I actively yeah. dislike period pieces. So we can <gasps> talk about that tomorrow morning. Yes. I know. Yes. We've never seen... I might, not, I, might not, I might not run with you tomorrow <laughs> then. <laughs> Our household has not witnessed one single second of Downton Abbey. Yeah, we don't watch things like that. I don't have as strong of feelings, but clearly one of us has sufficiently it's strong It's not that I feelings. won't watch it, but I don't choose to watch things like period pieces. Oh my gosh. Just, well, I, I'm open to being... That's a nice, another nice backpedal. <laughs> how, about, how about this? That, um, so I watched the Downton Abbey movie with my then 17-year-old daughter and her 17-year-old boyfriend. Mm. And um, because he had watched it with his family, watched the series with his family, and so that, yeah, so we all sat on my bed because that's where we watch TV. Yeah. In bed with your, and, with your child yeah, and their so needless, significant Yeah, so needless to say, I didn't ever sit on my parents' bed with my boyfriend and my mother and watch TV. <laughs> so old-fashioned. <laughs> oh, I grew up in Connecticut. That explains a lot. Yeah. So, but now that I live here in Oregon, you know, um, wow. Yeah, no, I, I um, my middle name is basically period dramas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, we're mm-hmm. an eclectic bunch, and I like that about yeah. us. We are. Yeah. We're friends yeah. because yeah. we're different, not because we're the same. <laughs> I will have to say I have two other classics on my hold list. Mm. Uh, the Portrait of a Lady by Henry James. I've never read Henry James. And The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, going a little more contemporary. Oh. So now I've never read The Bell Jar. I have so. one sort of uh, classic on mine. These are I'm only sharing the like respectable ones. I don't have any of the adventure fiction ones to share uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy i've never read that oh yeah well there's another contemporary classic yeah you know mesh those those genres did you like Mm -hmm. this did you like that book i never read it Mm -hmm. no i am not a counterculture newsflash i'm not much for the counterculture (laughs) which living in san francisco living in portland you could be easily confused as that yeah. Oh, I think when people meet me, they know that. That's true. They would That's figure true. that out pretty quickly. Yeah. I um. Although I find the '70s a really dreadful decade. I if if I had to live in the '60s or the '70s, I would vastly prefer the '60s. Oh man. So, I have so many follow-up yeah. questions, but that's going to take. This is us. separate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a separate conversation because we've often asked our friends, like, if you were to be alive in a separate era or decade, what would it be? And mm. maybe we should just save that for the next, mm-hmm. for give, the next give that a think. chat. Give that a think. <laughs> you guys can discuss on your run tomorrow and we can share our feelings on the next recording. Yeah. So these were all questions, obviously, that you came up with ahead of time, because obviously we followed a real set script. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Glad you sent me questions ahead of time. Well, that's when you were like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, what do we ever talk about? We don't know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
Um, but there, there wasn't barbecue involved in this. That's right. It's a little sad. Yeah, mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I can't embarrass myself by eating a lunch for two in one <laughs> yes, sitting. Some, yes, you know that tray was like I don't know. You could have skied down a mountain on that tray. Yeah. It was it was huge. Yeah, for, snowboarded for yeah. the listeners, watchers. Sarah was actually and obviously horrified by the amount of food that I consumed in one sitting. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why she insisted Every... there be no food for this one. Just <laughs> just YouTube. <laughs> um, but thanks for you know joining this little experiment. We're going to try to do a bunch of these just because we're talking with people. Everybody's always like checking in. And I think everybody is coping in different ways with different tricks and uh, t taking different approaches. So I thought it'd be fun to have you on to just like kind of talk about what your life looks like these days. And, you know, hopefully this helped out a couple of people. All right. Uh, see everybody at the Multnomah County Library once it reopens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll Thanks talk for being on. Stay Sarah. safe. We'll be in touch. Yes. Yeah, see you tomorrow morning, Jess. Bye.